Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing Walter McCormick. And before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about Walter and how he got where he's at. He started out in corporate America working in the tech industry and IT. After doing that for about 20 years, he found himself wanting a change, creating a change, and getting into the Airbnb market. Uh, so he's been doing that for about three years. In that three years, he's hosted over 4,000 guests from 10 different countries. Uh, so Walter, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Thank you so much. It's good to be here with you. So Walter, t tell us a little bit how you go from IT to Airbnb. Yeah, you know, that's a very interesting story. I don't know. I was sitting at my desk one day at a very large uh, insurance company. And I was trying to figure out what am I going to do next? I had never made more than $40,000. I had been at the company at that point, that company for 13 years. And I said, you know, there's got to be more out here. So I started researching um, Airbnb and the story of Airbnb and how they got started. Looking in different areas around Cleveland, it just so happened that my lease was up at my current place. And I said, you know, there's a part of Cleveland that's called Ohio City. And it's the west side of Cleveland. And in this area, real estate is incredible. Uh, it's booming everywhere. And I saw a lot of listings for Airbnb. People were renting out their apartments, renting out their houses. A lot of people doing the uh, Airbnb experience where they were rent out a room. I thought that was, I think that uh, that's not really the lane that I go through. Um, but I saw that people were making a lot of money doing it. I had just moved into this beautiful house and it's like a three, four story loft all open and it was built in 1855. It had all of this charm and I moved in and the first thing I said, I said, man, uh, this is a place that would probably be prime for Airbnb. So uh, long story short or long story long, um, moving into that house, into that neighborhood kind of got my uh, appetite uh, excited. And after the research, I just moved into formulating a, a small, quick business plan in one three-day weekend dry erase board session. And next thing you know, I've got an Airbnb. It doesn't sound like after 13 years in corporate, it took much to convince you to leave that job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I... I feel blessed and privileged to have worked for such a phenomenal company um, for so long. But let's just face it, you know, I couldn't, if I, I don't have children, but if I did have children, I couldn't leave that to my child. You know, I don't, I don't own that business. Um, and it wasn't anything that, you know, I can say that I put my hard work into. And it was just one of those situations where it was time for a change. You know, I was moving into a different direction in my life. I wanted more satisfaction out of the things that I was investing my time in. And um, once I had the opportunity, I took it. Now, the part of the story that I did not mention, and this is pretty significant to the story, I came into work one day after that almost 13-year period, and my job was downsized. <clears throat> and yeah. we did, it was an opportunity for me to uh, take a severance package or take another job and kind of start over. I took the severance package, and sometimes you just have to kind of step out on faith. And that's what I did. And man, I have not turned back. I'm not, I, I don't miss one day of the corporate um, day in, day out stuff. 
Well, Walter, I think I'm going to tattle on you a little bit more because uh, you would still be at your corporate job, but you just told me you got done with the, you just got back from a bike ride. So it's obvious that you that you aren't looking back to the nine to five and wishing you were still there because it's giving you some freedom that you didn't have prior to uh, to work when you have the time or when you want to work, uh, not when they say you have to be at your desk. So. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, you've embraced this wholeheartedly. Now, what, what do you think kept you at your corporate job for 13 years? The only thing that I can really say is that I wasn't entirely awake. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something that did not line up in my brain to have subjected myself to not prison because it wasn't a bad situation. It just wasn't a situation in which I flourished in which I grew um, exponentially. Like if, if I could compare the 13 years I'm in corporate, and by the way, that's just this job because, or that job, I, I worked in corporate for, like you said, almost 20, 25 plus years. I couldn't look back and, and, and say that anything was happening positively while I was there. I was trying to go for different jobs. I was, you know, uh, rejected from, you know, um, salary increases and, all of those good things that you want to stay in the job. And um, I just, I think I just got to a point where I said, we deserve more. We have a mission in that we've been given by the creator to impact people and try to help as many people as you possibly can. And in the, in the process, you know, create a good life for yourself. So I could not do that staying there, but looking back at it, I should have made that decision a lot sooner, but I just read something today actually that said that, uh, uh, who was it? They're 40 years old when they started uh, their multi, which is a multi-billion dollar company. Now I'll have it for you by the end of the episode. But so sometimes you start um, later than you would have liked and uh, all that matters is that you get started and then you make impact when you have that opportunity. So I think that a lot of people also agree that the opportunities come along when the student is ready to learn the lessons uh, as to, you know, what, what the next steps are and how, how you embrace that in life at 20 is going to be different than how you would embrace that at 30 or how much you would appreciate that opportunity at 40. And what you saw as a 25-year-old as a man was probably the security and, and everything that, that the job offered. Uh, but what you're seeing now as your life after corporate probably has a lot more to do with what life affords you that experience tells you is really what life is about, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just to, just to, to comment on that just really quick, uh, you know, your priorities are much different when you're younger versus when you're a little bit older. Uh, that maturity sets in and different things become more important. I was not at 25 years old even aware of how beneficial real estate could be, whether it's short-term Airbnb, whether it's long-term, whether it's rentals. Uh, this time period I think my late 30s is so crazy after 35 everything just started to make sense it's one of those things which you're, you're fortunate that you have the opportunity to work for corporate for x amount of years I mean that everybody doesn't do that um, and did have some relative success although I would measure it differently than probably uh, those who employed me um, but it's a great thing to be able to look back at that and say okay I can take that experience and utilize some of it positively in your own business. And then you get the bottom line 
and you also get all of the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur, as you know. Right, right. And, you know, there comes a point, too, when we get there and, and we see what the challenges are and we're, we're ready for those challenges. But, you know, let, let's talk about your journey uh, after corporate and, and walking away from that. And you're now the captain of your own ship. Where did that journey take you? There's a great, great poem called Invictus, which I'm sure you're aware of. And it says, uh, you're the captain of your soul and the master of your fate, something like that. I received the severance package. And at the time, I thought I was going to tour the world. I was like, man, we got this money. We can go wherever we want to go. And when I received that check, less taxes, I realized I could not even tour Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) So it was one of those situations where life hit me fast. And I was still very happy at the decision I made. Um, It was a buddy of mine who both uh, lost our positions the same day. And we both had uh, major decisions to make. And I convinced him to just quit the job and find another job. He found another job before I did. And then I found the same job that he did, which is just kind of ironic how that happened. But that definitely was the gateway into thinking differently. It's all about my mind process or my thought process uh, that changed because of that event. I never thought, and I always heard people always would say, when you have a catastrophic event, um, that your mindset sometimes is forced to change. And for me, the most catastrophic guy was when I was told that I wouldn't have a job. So it definitely opened me up. Uh, it gave my mind a refresh. And just to be 100% transparent with you, leaving corporate America has psychologically improved my mental state. And it's significant how that happens when something you depended on for so long now becomes absent in your life. And the presence becomes then how you're able to kind of steer your own ship. So the ship that I, was, that I suddenly became the captain of was more like a small foot, a small three, five foot uh, boat. It was like the boat that Fredo was on when everything ended for him. Um, but what I'm creating, I like to think of as a luxury yacht. I heard this from a friend of mine who I admire and respect. He, he said, I'd rather sell pencils on the corner for myself than work for someone else ever. And yeah, just yeah. the freedom to be able to do what you want has so much value to it that a lot of people fail to put there that you know, the decision to work today or work yesterday and take today off is, is a huge benefit that only a self-employed person can do that is only allowed to those that have that option. But tell me a little bit more about what you did once you started your Airbnb business that, that really made it something that you could survive on. Yeah, so when I moved into well, this new house for me, this house built in 1855 in the heart of the most popular area, probably in all of Cleveland, Ohio City. At the time, I moved in with my girlfriend at the time, and we're no longer together. But what happened was I moved in, and the actual words out of my mouth when I walked through that house, the doors of the house was, and I was with her, she found the house. I said, I need to live here by myself. Uh, because I was thinking bachelor pad. Um, But no, when we decided to part ways, um, I looked at the house and said, it's an old house. It's beautiful. It's a store. There's a market for people who want 
to stay here. However, there's also a market, if I create it, that will allow me to decorate and furnish and kind of design a space that will get everybody to come in. So I don't care if you're 16 and you're with your family, you'll enjoy the house. Uh, if you're 25 or you're 40, right now, currently, there are people at the house who are celebrating their honeymoon. They just got married, like yesterday, I think. And they are at the house for four days celebrating uh, their honeymoon. Yeah. Um, so I've been able to find a way to decorate the house, to have um, just cool stuff in the house, like an arcade, a video, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Tur Turtles arcade game. I have walkie-talkies because it's four floors. So you're up on the rooftop patio. You know, can you bring up the drinks? Over. You know, um, yeah. a lot of pop art, a lot of cool artwork, a lot of, um, uh, I guess, heirlooms, if you will, that I've received from family that I decorate the house. I always say, and, and, and even in my podcast, I talk about how it's important that you put your personal stain on the house, Okay. And that's what I did. I just put the stuff that maybe other people in my life would say, that's kind of like, that's different. I don't know why people would want to see, um, I don't know, like David on a pop art or Albert Einstein or a traffic light, an old traffic light. One of my favorite finds from a garage sale, 65 bucks, an ancient like uh, traffic light that I have in the, in the house. Just cool, strange, peculiar things in the house. I just put that on there with things that I know people need it, like a Keurig, like a coffee pot, you know, like filtered water, like um, cool looking things. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to try and see what people think. And I'm just going to put it out there and hope people uh, like the place. And I put it out there the first two weeks, nothing, nothing from Airbnb. It was nothing. I was, I was calling Airbnb every day. I said, I, I have the best house, in my opinion, in the entire city. You guys need to go ahead and put me on the top. Uh, this needs to be the top of the algorithm. And, you know, I worked to understand the algorithm. I called them. I got tips. And then finally, once it got on the market and people were seeing it, man, I have not looked back. And it's, it's been since 2017 that that house has been probably, um, if not the most popular house, uh, in the top three of the most popular house, houses in the city. Um, so I've been, been very fortunate, just putting my own personal spin. So do you just have the one place or have you moved on and, and do you manage other places now? That's the crazy thing, right? You know, you shift this, this, this kind of like life uh, mission and or you shift a, a, from a corporate job to where you're not receiving much growth at all. People are not recognizing your potential. And you start with one house and then that just perpetuated uh, into another one and then to another one. And then I started managing houses and consulting for people um, on Airbnbs or rental houses. So currently I have three listed. Uh, we have two that are in Ohio City. Uh, and the second house is very popular as well. But I, due to COVID, pivoted a bit and turned that one into a rental property. So we have a nice family there uh, staying there. Um, and the other house uh, is, is, is a house that I manage for. Uh, someone just reached out to me and said, would you help you know, manage and set up my house for Airbnb? And that's a unique situation because that house isn't always available. It's one of those situations where the, the gentleman works uh, and travels a lot. 
So when he's gone, he wanted to try his hand at listing it and seeing if he can get some, some money while he's out of town. And that's worked really well. So right now, three, I've had up to six. The beautiful thing about it is I'm very flexible in our consulting services. So if folks want to use our services for three months, four months, we get a lot of houses that a lot of folks that are, they have their house in the market and between them selling the house, between them listing the house and selling the house, they want to be able to have flexibility of making some money in between, especially with today's market. So I've had three houses sell. Actually, they, they were sold during my care while I was Airbnb in the house. So it's a very unique business and it's given me an opportunity to kind of expand into areas in which I would not have thought would have been available when I started. When you open yourself to grow, you grow. You grow. You find, you find something that pushes you in the direction you need to go that pulls you uh, into areas where, where you know, you're being stretched. So what is it you, when you, when you say you figured out the algorithm, what, what was it that you figured out about that gave you your aha moment that has led to more success? So it was about a year into doing Airbnb and a young lady uh, was getting ready to get married. And she, she said, Hey, I'm not sure if you do this, but would you be interested in hosting a bachelorette party? And I said, I'm not sure what we're talking about here, but yeah, I'm definitely interested in hearing what you're saying. And she said, it's going to be about 12 girls and we'll be very quiet. We just need a place to basically celebrate, you know, me getting married. And I said, okay, so we'll try it out. I did that. And in that moment I said, well, I can't, I can't let this moment pass up. So I tried it and it was almost like a sample. I didn't charge anything extra, just the regular fees. I think they got that weekend for probably less than 500, 600 bucks. It was for like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then more people just started kind of like coming in asking me, hey, would you do a bachelorette party? Just do a bachelor party? Would you do a bridal party? Would you do a bridal dinner? And I started thinking the light bulb, as you say, went off and it said, this is another revenue stream. So what I did was I had my normal prices and I said on my profile, if you're looking to do a bridal party, bachelor party, a birthday, we can do that, but there's additional fees. Fast forward three years later, I've done probably 600 bachelor or bachelorette bridal parties. Uh, and the average cost of that typically ranges between an additional $350 to $1,000, depending on uh, the size. It is never more than 10 to 12 people. Um, but it just depends uh, on the things they want. We offer services where we'll put together um, party favors. We will take everything, take care of everything from the t-shirts to, you know, host, you know, cater food, we'll do whatever. Uh, transportation, all of that we take care of. That was a light bulb moment. I said, oh man, this is really the icing on the cake because sure, I mean, the monetary gain, the fiduciary benefit is significant, but Think about it like this. When people think about the bachelor party, the birthday, whatever it is, I've had, I've hosted church retreats. When they think about all of this stuff, they'll say, man, it was at the Ohio City getaway. Um, it was at Walt's place. And that to me is, uh, even as cheesy as it sounds, that to me is what I kind of got into this for because I didn't get into it thinking I was going to make a ton of money. I never would have thunk that. But because of that, 
bachelorette party desire and need, um, it led to just an entirely new revenue stream that um, has been far more significant than I ever would have thought it would have been in the beginning. Well, and it sounds like we could probably have a whole nother podcast episode of the things that you never want to see again that you've probably seen while hosting those bachelors. Let's do. Let's let's do it. Uh, I'm, I'm with that. We'll call it uh, uh, leftovers from uh, yeah. the weekend or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like weekend at Bernie's, but it's weekend at Waltz. <laughs> you got to be over eighteen to even here, right? Seriously, man. I mean. One of the things I just want to say, um, because I am sensitive to what's going on um, in the world right now uh, with COVID-19, we have significantly changed our business to not allow more than two people in the house at all. So it's two of the same people uh, the entire state. We don't allow, I mean, if you order Uber Eats or something like that, of course, the person can come to the house. But as it pertains to guests, we only do two guests now. So the bridal parties and all of that stuff, we're not doing at this time uh, just because of the, the health concerns. I'm sure at some point we'll get back to that. But, and that's something that you and I can have a conversation about. Cause I know you're in the commercial real estate space. Um, so that's a, <clears throat> that could even be another podcast, but um, the COVID has changed everything, but actually we talk about growth, the chaos um, in the chaos has sprung the growth. So it's, it's, it's made me pivot. Uh, to another um, uh, to another section of the business, and now the house is really more it 's almost turning into a couple 's house, not necessarily that the couple has to be together, but two people and it cuts down on cleaning fees uh, it enhances the experience people don 't have to worry about how many people were in the house before uh, we let several days go in between typically uh, before people get back into the house so even in the chaos, this business is still incredibly uh, beneficial. You know, and that, and that was leading to my next question, Walter, because I see a lot of people that are asking, you know, you've, you've seen the headlines where, you know, uh, we're going to see a huge wave of foreclosures from uh, people who had Airbnb businesses that, uh, that don't have those opportunities anymore. You know, I have, I have some short-term rentals here in Puerto Rico uh, that I manage and I do short and long term. Uh, but, you know, like you said, you either you pivot or you die. But if you just sit there and go, but I got to do Airbnb, I got to do my gig, I got to do the same thing all the time, I got to stay in corporate for another 13 years, you're going to wind up stuck. But what I hear you saying is that every time that something like that comes up, you've been able to, you know, look at it and go, I got to get out of corporate. Now I've got to shift my Airbnb business. I've got to make the changes because things that are way beyond my control are requiring me to, or I go the way of the dinosaur. And you've really made that uh, kind of your new um, life mission, if you will, of figuring out the things that, that keep you alive and keep you moving forward that weren't part of your life when you were stuck back in corporate. Yeah. Uh, by the way, me canta Puerto Rico. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a strange thing what growth uh, can do for your life. And obviously the growth begins with your thought. Right. With your, your, 
your ideolo- ideology, which, which is, okay, this is the situation. What can we do? And I always try to ask myself, can we do anything different in this case? You know, sometimes it's important just to stay on the road. It's proven. Um, but obviously, if you're just looking at it from an investment perspective, you, you have to be able to be diverse. And I push myself to uh, that level of um, diversity in, in, in thought when I am trying to design a space. Like, for instance, I always change up things in the house, even if it's moving a picture over this way. Okay, that picture's been there for six months. What's the perspective or the point of view from somebody looking at it here? Um, can we move the furniture? Uh, can we, I just, this is, okay, nobody knows this, but I'm going to, I guess I'll debut it on the greatest podcast ever. Um, I just got a pool table in the house and this pool table is really cool because it, it's a table that folds up, right? So it's one of those tables that folds up, but it's heavy duty. It's like 160 pounds. I know it because I took it upstairs myself. Yeah. And what I, I, I sat there, I said, wait, maybe what can I do here? I took it upstairs. Now the, the house has significant dips because it's old and because it needs a lot of, uh, you know, structural work, not anything that I would, I would say uh, would be, it's not, it's not ideal for a pool table. Let's just say that. And then I said, well, well damn, man, I, I got this pool table. I got to figure out what to do with it. I've got a dining room table downstairs that you can take apart. You can take this dining room table apart in a couple pieces. And it's like a, almost like a medieval dining room table. I said, what I'll do is I'll leave the pool table up where the dining room table is. I'll let people know prior. I say, listen, I can keep the pool table out if you want. Or I can fold it up and have a dining room table for you. You can do whatever. So now you're, you're, you're introducing something that's kind yeah. of exciting. Yeah. And you're also getting people involved uh, in the process. And, and you're making uh, the person uh, make, a, make a decision on how they want to live in your house for the time that they're there. I think that that is a beautiful thing. And that only comes from that started with just, hmm, maybe we should get a pool table. Um, so yeah, it's 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 thoughts and it's thinking like that dynamic. I guess they would say thinking or disruptive thinking, um, that kind of allows things to to happen organically. And we all know when it happens organically, it's the right way. When you look at your life now, you're three years out of corporate, and you're talking about perspective from a picture. You're talking about perspective from ownership of your own life and and the captain of your own ship. What would you look back and say is different than the Walter that sat there at corporate for 13 years at the same company? He's hungry. Um, He, he can do a corporate job now and a consulting job now, and it won't distract from the business. He understands the importance of leaving a legacy and he understands his mission. I, I feel like I'm, I met up with uh, James Bond, and James Bond was saying, hey, listen, Walt, we have a mission for you. And he hands me this like piece of paper, and then he says, do it. Do it no matter how, whatever you have to do within reason, just get it done, okay? We need you to get this done. So it feels like a mission, um, and it is a mission. It's, it's something that I have a passion for. I didn't know I had the passion 
to design places. I didn't know I had a passion for um, making people comfortable when they're coming in town for a honeymoon or a business trip and they're coming to see sports when sports were available to see in person. Uh, it's just been um, a very wide um, spectrum of growth. And it's, it's really said, it's really, because I worked third shift for like seven, seven years, I think I worked third shift. And I just had a lot of time just to think. Mm-hmm. And when you have time to think and you put it to paper and you believe that you can get it done, all I needed was that first person to book. That's all I needed. The first person to book that got me open and uh, focused on, on uh, carrying out this mission. And, and we're getting there. We're, uh, we're, we're slowly moving, but things are uh, very beautiful and very uh, exciting right now because we're doing what feels natural versus what is typically done and typically was done out of necessity. And, and all of this over a weekend and a whiteboard, man. I, I, tell I mean, you. I can, the weekend on my podcast, uh, I'll have an after dark session where we can talk about everything that went into that process because it's, uh, it, it, it really did come down to the whiteboard and locking myself in the house for three days. Yeah. Um, and just focusing and let's focus on doing things cool. When you look back at that decision that you made then, you know, I mean, yeah. did you have any idea that it was going to be this life changing? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I knew that there was something that was out there for me that was going to rock the world. I knew there was something that was out there that was going to make me stay up to four or five o'clock in the morning every night for two years uh, to get my house together and to get the business together and my thoughts together. So I knew that there was something out there. I didn't know that it was this. Uh, I do not really subscribe to this idea that people had no idea that they would be successful. I think sometimes you don't know how it's going to happen. And in my case, I didn't know. And honestly, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Something else could happen. But the important part for me was just to try, just to try to see, to see what, what's planned for you. And that's what I did. You know, and, and that is so crucial. And I think that a lot of people spend so much time trying not to rock the boat or not to, you know, they don't spend the things, the time doing the thinking that you did that got them to the point where they, they looked at it and they said, man, I got to wake up or this, this life of mine is going to be gone. And then what? And then where am I going to go? What's going to be next? And how am I going to get there? You know, it's funny because I, I look at some of the things that I've done in my life and sometimes, sometimes they're, they're, they're big decisions and they feel like big decisions, but sometimes looking back at them, they didn't feel like big decisions, but man, they sure made absolutely all the difference in the world. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I've always been uh, admiring of people. I think they had it. I think people like yourself actually had it harder than I did having come from the corporate stability. I never had that. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and that's all we ever did. And I've never had a, a job working for someone else in my adult life, but to me, I didn't really have a choice, right? And I think to come from that, kind of like the movie, The Matrix, right? You're coming out of something that's safe and secure, at least that's how it feels, into something that all brand new. And I think in a lot of ways, there's, there's so much more courage that has to happen for, for a first timer to get off of that, to get out of that system 
that they've lived in their whole life. You know, I look at my life and say, you know, my mindset is always the things that you're mentioning, you know, your, your tenacity, your, you know, you, you've got to stay after it. You've got to be focused. You've got to go get it where you're saying now for the first time, it's like seeing it in color. And I see how much greater that experience must be having known life before and life after. Everything you said, man, I agree with 100%. And we, we can't change the way we were brought into the world. You know, um, I am a black man in um, 2020. So I understand the challenges that uh, minorities have in this world, not to mention um, the everyday struggles of a person, of a human. Um, but we go through that stuff and we deal with that stuff and we, we are here to make change. We are here to try to figure out a way to make the world a better place. I'm not saying that I couldn't have done that while in corporate, but what I am saying is that I know I can do that in my own business. And having a, an opportunity to see how the world works, the consumer, because the folks that you work with, your coworkers, the customers that you come into contact with, these are all potential clients. So I would say that having worked in corporate, I mean, I've worked every job that you can imagine. I've had, I started off as a painter, as a, I think I was 13, 14 years old, painting houses. Um, then I worked at Baskin Robbins for four years. And then after that, I worked as a preschool teacher uh, for two years. Um, then I got into corporate America right after that. I've worked at the IRS. I mean, I've worked so many different places. And I've just seen, I think it's just given me the luxury of understanding people and trying to be able to, um, having the ability to then predict behavior, which is what we dive into a lot on um, some of my conversations on my podcast. Uh, and, and I'll have to get you on to talk, talk about some of that stuff because yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, if, if you never had a job working for someone else, so to speak, uh, in, in your life before, in your adult life, you're always working for somebody and yeah. you, you have to understand how to deal with people. Yeah. And what's really telling is having the ability to learn how to deal with people who don't necessarily like you for whatever reason. Could be the way you look. Uh, could be the shoes you're wearing, uh, could be the glasses that you're wearing. Um, you never know. And not exiting out of that situation and figuring out a way to make a sale or a way to um, add someone to, to a book of business. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been a blessing to, to have worked for so many jobs in my life. Um, and it's just kind of pushed me into understanding people and really understanding where the gaps are in, in our markets. Where, where do you think, you know, it's obvious that you've, you've pivoted again here with, with bringing the house back around and, and making it kind of a couples thing. In Walt's world, where does, where does Airbnb fit in the next 12 to 18 months? It looks very, very promising. Uh, the, Airbnb, the Airbnb market, uh, certainly like every other market, suffered uh, because of COVID-19. Um, but people, you wouldn't believe it. People were still hitting me up every day saying, Hey, can I come stay? We want to have a birthday party. And I, I it just really, uh, was very interesting how people still wanted to come visit the houses, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I, I felt that the business is going to be strong coming out of it, but we've powered through, as you mentioned, I did pivot. 
uh, one with the couples uh, or just two people at the house now. Um, but then also with the other uh, location, we're really focusing on the rental side of that. We saw the Airbnb side is lucrative for that property. But, you know, for financing reasons, for trying to uh, diversify the portfolio a little bit, the rental portion uh, really balanced it out a lot. And that was fantastic. And now, which is also great, you have the option to do both. You can flip-flop depending, you know, once the lease is over, uh, you can do whatever you want. What I look at in the next 12 to 18 months is starting to get into building and designing custom homes for people, uh, expanding our interior and exterior design uh, consulting portion of the business, really working on solutions for uh, not only you know, myself and the business, but for the community. How can we make the community more engaged? How can we get a more diverse um, pictorial of what a city represents? So really looking uh, in, in, in the next, you know, two years on expanding on those things. But I, I would say the focus right now will always continue to, to consult with folks who want information on how to become um, an Airbnb host. Um, you're probably looking at, um, some some webinars, working on an app right now to help people with that and just continue to expand the portfolio uh, of real estate. And um, I read an article the other day that was talking about this onset of young people purchasing colonials uh, and houses that, that were built in the 1800s. Um, so I like the historic look of houses. I like the charm, you know, the natural brick and all of that. Um, just the, the very interesting ways they built houses back then. So I would be uh, looking into designing homes like that with a modern twist and also um, scooping up maybe some of those properties that need a little bit of TLC and turning them into not just Airbnbs, but places where people can actually live and, um, you know, just enjoy life. So I think that's probably where we're headed. One thing that, I, that I've heard is here, here's somebody who has taken – uh, the opportunities that were presented and instead of looking at it and say, maybe I should have done something sooner, did something now and actually got to hustling when, when the opportunity was there has, has been through in a short three year cycle has already seen two cycles in his business. Looking at the third one already, guys, this is somebody that's focused forward. This is somebody that is looking at the way things are coming down the path, uh, looking at the future instead of dealing with things as they hit him. Uh, and, and Walt, I cannot, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show, but I really, I really got to hand it to you because in a very short period of time, you have changed your, your whole mindset from, from an employer to an entrepreneur and now looking at how you can be more entrepreneurial and how your business can grow in not only the, the niche that you're in, but expanding that niche to become um, irreplaceable in multiple areas in the same field. And man, I, I just got to hand it to you. I, I really enjoy people and their stories, but yours is an eccentric one because you have found, you have found more, than a, more than an entrepreneurship. You found a calling, it sounds like. And it really comes through in the way that you articulate what you're, what you're saying in, in the passion that you're expressing about how you decorate and how you engage with your clientele. Man, Walt, I just really appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing the knowledge with us that you've, that you've given us today. 
And uh, I, I look forward to the invite to being on your show. But for, for coming on the Real Estate Rundown, Walt, I cannot thank you enough. Hey, it's my pleasure, my brother. And look forward to speaking with you very soon. Thanks for sharing and introducing me to your audience. Definitely appreciate that. All right. Walter McCormick, everybody, thank you for coming by the Real Estate Rundown.